Welcome to the Dental Money Lounge, the place where dentists can tune in to grow their money, wealth and financial knowledge. Here are your hosts, Hassan Mushaid and Max Bazzucchini. Welcome to the Dental Money Lounge. You're joined by myself today, Hassan Mushaid, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Max. Max, how are you? Hi, good evening. I'm very well. How are you? Not too bad. Today we are joined by one of our friends and also recently the winner of the Outstanding Business Award in the Dental Industry Awards 2018, Harry Singh. Harry, how are you? Hello, I'm still um, celebrating, still on a high, still shocked. It's a massive achievement, really, a big achievement in the industry. Yeah, yeah, we entered and obviously you enter obviously to win for a couple of reasons we entered. One was obviously to improve our systems and business because when you enter award, you look at your own business inside out. But two, obviously, get some credibility, and I would have been happy to be shortlisted because we have some fantastic competitors yeah. that have been much more established, much larger than us. But actually, on the night to win it was amazing, and obviously, it's an old cliche. It's not all done to me. It's a team effort. Yeah. Partners like you that have helped my journey, giving me advice, um, designed websites for me, social media campaigns, and it all helps. And yeah, great achievement, great achievement. I'm sure 2019 is going to be even a bigger year for you now. Because they previously yeah, say, never rest on your lowers. It's a stepping stone yeah. to greatness. Oh, that's a, yeah, definitely. It'll be good to see how far you can go now, because this is only the beginning. Yeah, definitely. So, Harry, we all know you in the industry for for numerous businesses that that you run. You run the Dental Property Club. You yeah. also run uh, the facial aesthetic side of, of of the dentistry training program, which is called the Botulinum Toxin Club, BTC. Yep, I can't pronounce that properly, but that's the one. Yeah. I'm sure you changed BTC. the name. Yeah, BTC. <laughs> yeah, BTC. Oh, yeah, BTC. And you also are a great marketer, a great leader as well, because obviously you, you are growing your businesses, your teams, and you now run a successful business that's achieved the biggest outstanding award in the industry. So you're a great business businessman, really, in, in the area of growing businesses and teams. Yeah, I'm probably different compared to most dentists. I knew that early on at dental school, where all the other dentists were obviously heavily involved in the clinical side, enjoyed that. I particularly did not enjoy the clinical side. Yeah. And I was always looking at the business side, the marketing, how the business runs. Because dentistry like is like any other business. If you know the systems, implement them, you'll have a successful business. And that's always the angle I've always come up. So Harry, very pleased to have you here tonight finally managed to have a proper conversation we're always very busy at dental shows and yeah. and training and meeting clients so thank you for your time and again congratulations also from my end for the outstanding business of the year 2018 for the botulino toxin club that is actually the prize to win dental industry awards so once again congratulations thank you um, and i appreciate you inviting me on your um, excellent podcast which i would recommend everyone to subscribe to and listen to our pleasure our pleasure so we would like to talk tonight about um you you run many businesses and you got um, a, a very busy man tonight we're talking about your dental property club and how you help your clients investing and maximizing on on their income uh, i would like to ask you what what sort of age uh, or uh, stage of their career are your clients yeah i would say most of them are um more mature dentists if that's the right word to say without offending anyone. So they're probably yeah. about 10 years post-qualification. Um, because as you know, when you're um, graduated, you have a lot of debt from university fees. You're just starting out, maybe harder to find a job, maybe working part-time. 
also once you get on your feet then most people's priorities are to own a dental practice and i always do say to people even though my i'm heavily invested in property and recommend that to dentists have your own business because that's going to make you the most money grow the most because you're not working for someone else so i would say after, probably after 10 years they're stable they've got their own business they're having regular income so they may have some surplus income and then okay. the second group of um professionals we see people are just about to retire so they've built up their practice their goodwill they're considering selling it or in the process of selling it and they're going to have a big lump sum it's like winning lottery so it's quite scary in terms of you've got maybe one million two million three million plus in your bank account You've never had that much money what do you do with it because obviously you could lose it or if you've got unwise investments but also the worst thing you could do is just leave it in the bank with common interest rates and inflation you're actually losing money every year okay that's very interesting so what actually what makes you go into property yeah i as i said earlier i wasn't um passionate about the clinical side of dentistry so i did not enjoy dentistry and I knew early on from my career, I could not do this for the next 20, 30 years. And also looking back, I was trading time for money. So no matter how much money I earned, I had to go in and see my patients. So when I went on holiday, if I was an associate, it wasn't too bad, but I wasn't earning any money. And as a principal owner, it was even worse because one, I wasn't earning money and two, I was losing money because I still had to pay this team the expenses. So you don't know what, what's around the corner. You might get some ill health, accident, you may lose your passion. There's a big distinction between being rich and wealthy. So a rich person has the lifestyle they want, but it's dependent on them work, working, earning income. A wealthy person can have the same lifestyle, but it's not dependent on them earning their um, wages, their income. So what they would do is obviously have their money, invest that money, and then live off that return from that investment. So if you decide to go on holiday, you decide to stop working, something bad happens to you, you're getting that regular income coming through that's not dependent on you. Okay. Okay. Harry, so obviously you, you mentioned that you didn't enjoy the clinical aspect of dentistry. How did you discover the route into property as your way of escaping this rat race? Yeah, so I remember early on when I was about 14 seems years ago i used to be a paper boy deliver the newspaper the sunday sunday paper one i used to hate because the sunday papers were heavy with their supplements and magazines and then one of the guys that i delivered to was an in so i went back to the news agent to hand the papers back and he said oh it's the sunday times why don't you just keep it and read it got back home and there was a section called the sunday times rich list so once a year, it advertises the top 100 richest people yeah. in the UK. So while I was reading that, I found that over 50% of that list either made their money directly from property or they made their money from business and reinvested those profits into property. So I go, okay, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. So that's where my journey began. And I would read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, this obviously talks about not trading time for money, working on your investments. Then I went on property investment courses. And it was quite funny at the beginning because this was back in the late 1990s after I qualified. Yeah. There was no other dentists at the course. And most of the people that were at the course were either people without a job, not IT specialists that couldn't get any work. Yeah. And they kept saying to me, oh, how come you're here? Here, you're earning good money. Wow. And I said, yeah, I'm earning good money, but I have to keep on working to earn that money. And what happens when people have a lifestyle where obviously we get better cars, better houses, more expensive hobbies, travel business class, first class. So we have to keep on working to maintain that lifestyle. Yeah, that's interesting. I see how, how it started. So the seed was placed when you were young. 
and when you got the opportunity, I'm presuming that you then went forward to to seek more and, and get that financial yeah, freedom. Yeah, and I was big into personal development even at university because um, one of my mentors, Jim Rowan, said the biggest investment you can make is investing in yourself because take away your money, your houses, your cars, but they can never take away your knowledge. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Harry, you've been doing that. So I don't want to make you feel old, but you've been doing this for many <laughs> years. Like uh, I, I, I have both. So I, I <laughs> yeah, I probably need to come and see you for this actually as well. <laughs> so, one of my patients last week, I'm a clinician, not a magician. <laughs> <laughs> so you've probably gone through the 2008 financial crisis and, and obviously yeah. you've seen the recover from and we're starting to pick it up. And, and obviously we, we're going now through a prospect of somewhat financial, economical and political uncertainty. Okay, yes. so what what do you see, and do you potentially see some of the uh, Brexit? Everybody talking about Brexit, but do you see some of the financial and economic uncertainty potentially affecting the property market? Yes, definitely. And the problem is, we all have short-term memories. We've forgotten about the recession in 2007, 2008, and obviously some of the older ones in the 1980s when the interest rates went up to 15, 18%. So when we're, because we're obviously so in the trenches, we just look at that short cycle and think what's happening. So there's always opportunities. So Warren Buffett says, be greedy when everyone else is fearful, be fearful when everyone else is greedy. So during two, say, I bought most of my properties in 2002, we had the recession 2007, eight, and a lot of people were selling, saying, let's get out, let's get out, let's get out. I was buying more and more and more because there's maximum profit because we could buy at low price. So obviously we have got Brexit coming. No one knows for certain what's going to happen. I do expect there to be a property crash. It may be a severe one. It may be a mild one. Combination of obviously people leaving the country, a lot of Europeans, um, Eastern European people. So it's less demand for houses. And also interest rates have been artificially kept low just to stimulate the economy. Yeah. So the average interest rate, if you look in the past 50, 60 years, has been around 6%. And we very rarely reach 1% to 2% in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. And so the current generation are used to this low interest rate. They're not used to 5 6%. And as I said, because people trade time for money, most people don't have many savings. So even a 1% or 2% increase in interest rates will hit a lot of people hard. So there will be a property crash. We don't know when it's going to happen and how long or how severe it is. But obviously, I would be wary, as Warren Buffett says, yeah. be fearful when everyone else is greedy, be greedy when everyone else is fearful. Absolutely. There's going to be more uh, situational and opportunities in any in any um, cycle. Because I think they were saying that in the last recession, there was more millionaires made during the last recession than ever before. Okay, wow. So that's history. I mean, it sounds like history has repeated a few times. And yeah, most likely... And some people don't learn their lesson, don't yeah. just look at the future, look at that coming time. Obviously, history may not be repeated, but okay. history shows us it does get property, it does go in cycles. Okay, so I mean, one of the things you mentioned was Eastern Europeans possibly leaving the country or the other, other people leaving the country. And obviously, Brexit is just around the corner now. How do you see yeah. that impacting the property market? Yeah, it'll be two ways. One is obviously, I think there'll be less buyers. On the market so obviously at the moment what the reason we've enjoyed the historical growth we live in an island on average we get 250,000 people moving to the uk every year and the maximum number of houses we've ever built is a hundred thousand so we're way below the target we need to be and obviously with planning regulation council regulation is time consuming 
developers are finding it hard to get playing permission on that. So because obviously it's going to be less buyers, prices are going to go down. Also, in terms of the trade, I've noticed myself, so we've been doing a lot of developments, refurbishments. It's hard to get good quality tradespeople. So we're yeah. really relying on Polish builders, um, Russian builders. Because it's less of them, it's harder to get jobs done. So obviously the housing market was slow in terms of a new number of new homes being built. So combination of less buyers, less homes being built equals property crash. Okay, wow. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for for builders. I, I think they're like artists. My dad actually built his own house in Italy. God. And um, he, he used to take me with him uh, to, to work, to learn. And the, the things I learned was actually to make enough money to pay for someone else to do it because yeah, yeah. it was so hard to do it and I did not inherit any of his skills <laughs> but yeah, that is for another evening to say yeah because I had one of my mentors T.R. Ecker who's a billionaire he always says poor people spend time to save money rich people spend money to save time because time is limited yeah. money is yeah. unlimited yeah, absolutely Absolutely. So, Harry, what areas of the country are hot at the moment and what are not in terms of investing? Are we talking about properties or women? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's talk. Let's uh, go back to property. listen to this um, podcast, I'll say <laughs> I'll stick to property. There is no. So, if I had a pound for everyone, for any person that said this is the next hotspot, I would be a billionaire by now. There. So, there is no particular. Obviously, hotspots are going to happen. But when the public knows about the hotspots, it's too late. People jump in too late. So unless you're on the inside, like an estate agent or big auction house, you will see the trends. But one of my financial guys says, "What if you read it in the paper? Or obviously now, if you read it on social media, you're too late." Wow. Yeah, so say to buy like the Bitcoin revolution. Yeah, that's it. Once it's general public release, it's, you're too late. So I always recommend to invest local to your area probably no more than half an hour driving distance. Not because you're going to be looking after us. We always recommend letting agents to manage it because you get better quality tenants. But if there's a problem, you can go and visit a house and you know your good areas and bad areas. So where people go, especially southerners, um, like me, I invested years ago in three flats in Aberdeen. Really good for about 40 grand each. The rent was 400, 450 pounds over 10, 12% gross yield. But the letting agent kept on phoning every week saying the fridge is broken, the washing machine is broken, the roof's leaking. I did not know if he was having me on and I would just part the money. So stick to your area. You can invest remotely. So for example, I've got family in Derby. So sometimes we will invest in Derby because we get our family members to look after those properties. But I would say first starting out, look within half an hour driving distance from where you live. And, and over the years, have you seen a, um, a trend of, uh, so for example, as you know, I, I value and sell dental practices. Yeah. Over the last 10 years, uh, I've seen a, a trend in, in, in a change in the focus from, from the buyer's point of view, targeting areas that perhaps 10 years ago, they were not of interest. Obviously, everyone in terms of buyers wanted to focus on the Southeast or areas where it's easy to recruit uh, associates and dentists to work. In, in practices but then because of the perhaps high uda margins and and, and margins in practice and and the low lower cost on, on properties now yeah. buyers are focusing in other areas of the country have you seen a, a change and or a shift in uh, in locations where your clients have invested over the years yeah i would say my because one of my first golden rules is when anyone comes on my workshops 
property investing is never buy with emotion. So a lot of dentists I've found in the past would buy something that they would want to live in themselves. So I've had a dentist friend from Birmingham who would buy a penthouse flat on the canal. Really good looking property, overpaid for it. The rent sets that car and using negative cash flow. So if you look at any of my houses, my properties, you would never live there yourself. So it's good tenant demand. So what you'll find if you're doing buy to let, it's not going to be the affluent areas or the affluent parts of town that you're going to be investing. It's going to be your stock bread and butter, two, three bedroom terrace houses in the good area, not in the, we call it the Bronx area. You don't want to be in the Bronx, but in next to the Bronx. So it's not areas you would live in personally, but they make the best rental yields. And the reason we also say house is because we want first-time buyers, because first-time buyers want to buy a house, say two, three bedroom, they cannot afford it, cannot build it, get the deposit or get the mortgage. So they'd rather rent that similar to the property. And because their kids are in the local school, they'll stay there for seven, eight years without moving. So yeah, you're looking, it won't be certain, certain parts of the country, but in your area that you invest in, you're not looking for the Bronx area, which is really down water, you're looking for the golden, nugget area which will be gold mine areas be the two three bedroom terrace so you're not looking at your semi-detached detached five six bedroom houses okay i mean harry so you've been working with properties and i'm presuming you now have a portfolio that must be worth a bit are you, are you able to share with us how much or how much your portfolio is worth now and how long you've spent to build that portfolio yeah i invested to started investing 2002 company have about 28 um residential properties so one thing one um, investors make a mistake is number of properties. I know some investors that have got 50 properties and losing £10,000 a month. Other investors have got five properties making £10,000 a month. Okay. So it's not number of properties, it's always cash flow. Yeah. So cash flow is king. Um, in terms of worth, I actually do not know company. I know last time I checked it was between mm -hmm. six and eight million. The value I'm not concerned about is always the cash flow. Yeah. So, because that's going to give you the financial freedom. Because the actual value is irrelevant unless you are selling and we say the ones you're going to keep you never sell because you, one you've lost the opportunity for the asset for the future growth and two you're going to have capital gains tax so what i'm doing so when i speak to investors and they say okay how many properties do i need I go, okay forget the properties how much cash flow do you need to cut, replace your salary your income yeah then work backwards whether it, it could be one or two it could be five properties wow okay so that's an interesting point working backwards from the actual figure that's that you need for financial freedom I mean, yeah because otherwise you'd just be like a blind dance player keep yeah. on buying just for the sake of it some are good some are bad and you're not going to get anywhere yeah i agree i agree Eric. it's the same principle that we use with our buyers we don't talk about how many practices you want to buy we talk <laughs> about you know the 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 old uh, say sanity versus vanity is is that's profit it. versus turnover it doesn't really matter about the turnover you you have to look about your EBITDA and your profitability yeah yeah that's it, because that's what's going to give you the financial freedom. Over the years or over decades now, since you've been investing in properties and building your portfolio, you must have learned numerous lessons and made mistakes that could possibly benefit others who, who, who are also starting off in this journey. Are you able to share any of the mistakes that you've made and, and, and any advice that you can give to uh, people who are now looking to find, gain that financial freedom and move into another another area of getting getting income yeah definitely yeah. and I, as you said i've made probably more mistakes than anyone and that's what you learn and we, and we don't obviously call it mistakes we just call it feedback there so um i would say one is buy for cash flow not for capital growth so we get a lot of dentists in southeast london that buy in london 
and they maybe need to put in £500 every month from their own pocket to cover the mortgage costs because the rent's not covering it. Obviously, if you look at it on a spreadsheet, it doesn't make sense, but they say, oh, this property's going to go up in value in five, ten years' time. But I say, okay, what your reason to get into property is to get financial freedom, but you actually need to work hard or longer because it's costing you more money. Yeah. And capital appreciation is not guaranteed. It probably would go up the most, but it's not guaranteed. So we want to get cash flow profit from day one. So all my properties that I'm going to keep long term, we look at cash flow and not um, capital appreciation. Yeah. So capital appreciation is a bonus. Um, two, I would say stick to your area, as I mentioned before. So people buy holiday homes overseas, areas they don't um, know. So I had a dentist who was from London, Kensington, and he said, okay, it doesn't really stack up in London. I'm going to look in Liverpool, and there's an area in Liverpool called Kensington. Obviously, he's never been there because you wouldn't even let your dog live in Kensington in Liverpool. <laughs> because it sounded good, Kensington in London, he thought it was similar. So he ended up buying properties and there was no tenant. It was a no-go area. There was windows were boarded up. Wow. No one wanted it there. So stick to your local area. Um, and I say, thirdly, treat it as a business. It is a business. People treat it as a hobby. So you want profit, loss, yeah. cash flow. I get dentists come in the course. I go, they've got, say, three, four properties. I go, okay, what's the cash flow? For each one what's the rent what's the mortgage payments they have not got a clue that mm. so you want monthly profit loss just like your dental business for every single so treat each property as a separate business entity what's the profit loss how much did it cost me if i sell it how much money will i get okay yeah. there'll be people out there who are also i mean as you mentioned before this may come as a surprise to them that they have to treat it like as a business and yeah. they may need a mentor or some sort of guidance along that journey how do you fit in with helping them in their journey? Yeah, so my intention was never to set up the Dental Property Club. So when I gave up dentistry in 2012, it was very rare for a dentist to give up um, unless you got struck off. So that was the first question people asked me, have you got struck off? Wow. Um, I said, no. <laughs> I said, I, I, because I've been investing in property, and they said, oh, we never knew you had those properties or you invested. There was no need for you to know because why would I tell you? Yeah. So they said, okay, we're fed up of dentistry or it's too stressful, we're getting burnt out, we want a supplementary income, so can you teach us? So I set up the Dental Property Club in 2012, and there's two arms to it. One is the educational part, so if you've got the time and you've got the money and you want to do it yourself, and I always say to people, you will always make more money doing it yourself. We run various seminars which you can attend, give you all the content, information, support, templates, you go back to your area and start investing in property. So we started with that then, but what we found, we had a lot of feedback from dentists saying, okay, your content, the strategies make sense, but I haven't either got the confidence or the time to do it. So they're cash rich, time poor, they're too busy with their dental practice. Why don't we give you our money? And I was hoping they were gonna stop there and I'll just go to Barbados, but they said, <laughs> why don't we give money and then you give us a decent return. So that's where I created DPC Ventures Limited. So that's like an investment scheme where yeah. we um, pools people's money together. I give them an 8% fixed return. I can do bigger projects and then they get their money back after the project's finished, plus that 8%. They can reinvest in future products or they can get their money and invest on their own. So there's basically two arms here. One, the educational if they want to do it themselves, or two, they haven't got the time, experience, or confidence then we can do it for them. Wow, okay, there'll that, uh, be definitely a lot of people who will be seeking your guidance and advice. Harry, one last piece of advice that you would like to give to somebody who's coming close to retirement, what piece of advice would you say if they, if they are hesitant to look into the roots or they just got that cash 
lump sum of retirement and they have no idea what to do next, what advice would you give them? I'll say take your time because obviously, and I will say, obviously these guys have been working hard for years and years. So take a holiday, take a break, get some new scenery, new environment, sit down what you want to achieve in terms of monthly income. So even if you, let's say you sold your factory, you've got two, three million pound profit. It may sound a lot, but with inflation, costs increasing year on year, it may not last as long as you think it will. So what you want to do is make that money work for you. So I say, don't make any rash decisions, go away three to six months, get a piece of paper, go, okay, what income do I need? I would recommend to, with that kind of money, you do want to diversify, you do want to spread your risk. So it could be obviously investment um, clubs, property, shares, etc. But yeah, I would say take your time, get advice from different people, and then but you want to get advice from people that are doing what you want to do or where you are, where you want to go. Yeah. So there's a lot more people that will give advice and they're earning 20 pounds an hour. So unless they've got experience themselves yeah. of making money, investing that money, I don't listen to those guys. Okay, good advice, good advice. And uh, I have a question actually for Harry before, before we go. You want to invest um, in with me? Thank you. I, yes. Actually, uh, well, we'll talk about this later, offline. <laughs> so the question is that I'm obviously you are a successful entrepreneur and I found something online, a quote, which I want to read you and I want to test your knowledge to see if you recognize who said this. Okay. <laughs> so the quote says, uh, go and make it happen. You're after progress and not perfection. Have standards and not goals. Consider a must and not a should. Uh, that's quite a attractive, handsome, young dentist, ex-dentist, maybe called um, Harry Singh. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> I love that quote. I love that quote I found. Yes. <laughs> and also, it's been yeah. a pleasure. It's been a pleasure Thank talking you. to you, Harry, tonight. Uh, thank you for the opportunity again really enjoyed it and you both you're doing really great work and i say strongly recommend i'm going to tell all my delegates from the dental property club btc to subscribe because you've been amazing work and educating informing and improving people oh likewise uh, you're, you're providing a, a a route for a lot of dentists out there who are seeking financial freedom to find a, a, an area where they can excel in and also gain the security they need to retire in peace four years to come uh, with something yeah. they can hand down to their, their their future generations as well. So it's a great investment. Harry, thank you for being on the show. We've gained uh, a lot of knowledge today ourselves and I'm sure our listeners have also. If you'd like to learn more about Harry and how he can help you, you can visit his website, dentalpropertyclub.co.uk. There's loads of case studies and free resources on there as well. So you'll definitely gain some sort of advice or guidance from there as well. If you need to get in touch with Harry, you can contact him on 077-11-731173. And Harry, thank you again for being on our show. And to all our listeners, if you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to our SoundCloud account and stay tuned for next week's podcast, which will be released on Wednesday at 8 p.m. on our usual time. We'll see you guys next week. A word from our sponsors. The Creative Composite. Dental marketing, which helps you grow. The Pluto Partnership, where professionalism meets confidence.